What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Hello, hello, hello. Live and on tape from lovely Whitehall Drive here in beautiful Kinston, North Carolina. It is hump day. Wednesday, March the 15th. It's the Ides of March here in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 822 of the Brian Hank Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-host, John Dawson, Jonathan Massey. While they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game, although you're going to get a little double dip of Jonathan Massey here today. Let me tell you something. We've got another great show for you today, and I am just thrilled. But it's got a little twist to it. Typically, on Wednesdays, we have uh, Junior Smith III of ENC Moments. He is our recurring Wednesday guest. However, we got so piled up with uh, with guests today, uh, I asked him if he would mind uh, taking a week off this week, and he did not mind whatsoever. So, yeah, in fact, he's able to uh, sleep in this morning. So, uh uh, who who do we have then if we don't have Junior Smith the third? Why, let me tell you. Uh, we're going to have Ted Lasso, co-producer Kip Kroger. You know, he joined us about 18 months ago before season two of Ted Lasso. Well, season three dropped today, or the first episode of season three dropped today. In fact, it dropped last night, if you heard, or well, uh, uh, man, I, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, and I've got to watch it with Linda. We had something else going last night. We had some uh, work here we had to do. Uh, me and the boys, and so uh, by the time we got around to it, just uh, not able to do it. We're going to watch it tonight. I can promise you that. But Kip Kroger, uh, a Kinston High grad, Lenore County native, uh, he is a co-producer of Ted Lasso, co-producer of uh, Shrinking, co-producer of uh, of Scrubs, my favorite uh, TV show of all time. And uh, he's going to be joining us here. In the interest of full disclosure, uh, did the interview with him yesterday uh, while he was driving around in Los Angeles. So uh, very excited to uh, play that interview for you here in just a few minutes. We're going to be doing that in less than 20 minutes. Uh, listen, if you've not seen, and I don't know how you have not seen Ted Lasso. If you're a sports fan, if you're a TV fan, you really need to see it. It's on Apple Plus TV. Uh, if you don't have Apple plus, you need to get it. If it's just for that, it's that good of a TV show or, you know, uh, talk to one of your friends and borrow their password, man. They're not going to like that. I said that, but you know what? Just subscribe yourself. It's not that expensive. And, uh, you can see the best, like I said, the best show on TV right now is Ted Lasso. Now, Jonathan messaged me. Now, let me tell you this. Jonathan's going to be joining us here. Jonathan Massey, uh, towards the end of our uh, first hour here, probably about 40, 45 minutes into our first hour here. And he actually saw it last night. He watched Ted Lasso last night. And uh, his text or his message in our group was just basically, I can't say anything else about it. I'm just going to tell you I watched it and that's it. So he's going to be joining us. I can't wait to pick his brain a little bit about that. I mean, I don't, believe me, I don't want him to tell me anything about it because I want to discover it on my own. 
but evidently it was so good that he didn't even want to say anything about this first episode. So very excited about that. But like I said, uh, uh, our, our show, show co-host, Jonathan Massey, he's going to drop in, like I said, towards the end of this first hour, because we've not talked anything about the Carolina Panthers trading up to the number one pick in this year's NFL draft. We, we did a little bit with uh, Panicelli on Monday, and I think we touched on it for a moment or two yesterday with Richard, but uh, Jonathan is our resident Panthers fan. I mean, we've got lots of Panthers fans, but uh, with him being a co-host of the show, can't wait to pick his brain on what he thinks about that. And then in our second hour, uh, we're going to have the sales executive to the stars here at WRNS. Jason Bryant is going to be sitting in with me and we're going to do a, a little, uh, not little, we're going to do an extensive breakdown of the NCAA tournament bracket. We're going to talk all about that. Uh, we're, I want to see who he's got. He's going to be shocked by who I have winning the whole thing. And I've actually poured over the, uh, bracket yesterday for about an hour and uh, I have my final four. And all that, I can't wait to uh, share that with you. But that's our second hour, and then we'll do uh, – we've got a long birthday game today, too. We'll do that in our second hour. And there you go. There's your show today. Kip Kroger from Ted Lasso, Jonathan Massey here at the end of the first hour, and then Jason Bryant uh, tomorrow uh, – tomorrow. <laughs> Jason Bryant in the second hour with uh, our birthday game. Listen, uh, I, we've got to uh, talk a little bit about yesterday's show um, – if uh, it's going to end up being our most listened to show uh, of, on SoundCloud ever, uh, it's it, I think it's number three right now, but it's uh, it's rocketing towards number one all time. And of course, it was our interview, our Tuesdays with Trez uh, with Don Trez Styles yesterday, and uh, man, uh, he said a lot of great things. Uh, and I. I I don't even know where to go with this. I don't have a script for this. I'm just uh, going off the top of my head here. Just Trez really opened up his heart yesterday and talked a little bit about the frustrations of what it's been like the first couple of years uh, and just did a great job. I mean, he has gotten better and better with these Tuesdays with Trez uh, segments we do every Tuesday here on the Brian Hanks Show. Brought to you. As always, by King's Restaurant, Joe Hargett and King's Restaurant. Really do appreciate uh, Joe for sponsoring it. But uh, yesterday was uh, something else. I mean, uh, he I didn't even realize, you know, going into it. We were just doing our regular segment, and he broke some news with us about, uh, I guess, the, the talking points had been uh, from the Carolina camp that, uh, that the coach, uh, Hubert Davis, had left it up to the kids, left it up to the team, whether they would play in the uh, NIT after they didn't make it to the NCAA tournament after they weren't selected during the selection show. And uh, Trez, which I didn't know, you can hear when I asked him yesterday, and I've listened to it a couple of times myself, uh, just uh, make sure I didn't want to feel like I, you know, was uh, ambushing him or anything. I just, you know, simply asked, how did he vote? And he goes, well, he didn't get a vote. And, of course, that's against everything that uh, had come out of the Carolina camp, uh, I guess, Hubert Davis had told Inside Carolina and a couple other sources that it was up to a player's vote. Yeah, I even saw a USA Today story yesterday from some parents, not from players, but from some parents uh, on the Carolina team that said uh, that the players, you know, that they had left it up to the players. Well, it's not true. Uh, Trez told us yesterday that the decision had been made by Hubert, I guess Hubert and the coaching staff, but probably just by Hubert. And they decided not to play uh, in the NIT. And uh, and he shared with us he would have liked to have played in there because it would have given him some more PT. 
maybe to give uh, Hubert a chance to uh, develop some of those younger players. And I just don't understand. I just can't comprehend why you want, wouldn't want – and I know one of the things Trez said yesterday is just not the Carolina way, and I've heard other – and believe me, I've read a ton of statements because that uh, – yesterday's show really blew up. Heard from our old friend uh, R.L. Bynum early, uh, and he had it up on his site, TarHillTribune.com. Then before you know it, it was on about five or six different uh, – uh, five or six different uh, Carolina websites – I've seen uh, other agencies pick it up. In fact, this is the most surreal thing of all. I, I've been going to the gym, been going to the Kinson uh, Community Center, uh, getting up at 4.30, going there, being there at 5. I'm driving back uh, and listening to ESPN radio. I mean, the national ESPN radio, and they even said something about it on there too, uh, about how uh, – you know, it had been a coach's decision and according to a radio report in Kinston, North Carolina. So yeah, I got a, got a little bit of a, a kick out of that, I guess, to a degree, but still, uh, Trez is in a very big decision time for him right now. He's trying to decide whether he's going to come back, uh, after only playing in 15 games this year, he played in 30 games his freshman year, played in 15 games this year, and he's got a big decision to make. Is he going to come back? Is he going to, you know, is he going to trust Hubert to uh, get him some more PT, or is he going to go somewhere else where he could get uh, some quality playing time? He's, uh, as he said in the interview yesterday, he's in Orlando on spring break right now, and that's, you know, some tough, tough decisions for a twenty-year-old kid right now. So uh, we're sending our best to him. He will be back with us uh, on the show. That's one of the cool things that he said yesterday, and when we were messaging back and forth is that uh, when he does make a decision, if it's before Tuesday, uh, we'll, he's going to call, we're going to talk about it, and uh, we'll get it up on uh, the air. Or we'll do it however we're going to do it. But listen, uh, I know most of the people, 99.999% of the people who listen to my show, we're all big Dontrez Styles fans. Uh, he's such a great kid. If you know him, you love him. He's just that kind of kid. Uh, he puts his heart into everything. He works his, he works his butt off, and... We all just want the best for him. So uh, if that means staying at Carolina, then, hey, that's awesome. You know, I mean, if he determines that is what's best for him and uh, his future, then uh, kudos to him. But if he decides to enter the portal, <coughs> and I believe me, I talked to several reporters yesterday who were who called and picked my brain yesterday or messaged me and were picking my brain. And I'm not even going to attempt to try to guess what uh, – what a 20 year old kid with his life in front of him is going to decide. But, uh, if I had to make a guess, I think he's probably leaving, but, uh, he loves Carolina. Listen, Don Trez, I know his family loves Carolina and I think he wants it to work out there and he wants to, you know, be in the position. I remember going into his freshman year. Uh, there were rumors going around that he might even be starting some, uh, his freshman year. And I just don't know what happened with, uh, Hubert. Davis and uh, the the Carolina coaching staff because to go from your freshman year when you play in 30 games and still, you know, I mean, he played in just about every single game his freshman year to this year when he only plays in 15 and is actually even playing fewer minutes per game in the games that he got in. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Again, tough time for the kid, but I do appreciate him for uh, coming here on the show yesterday and saying what he said and I mean, the general consensus, I mean, there's always going to be naysayers. You're always going to find somebody that's going to say something. Heck, it's that old adage of you could give somebody a $100 bill 
and then they would complain about it because uh, you didn't give them two hundred dollars or oh did you give this other person 120 no you just got a free hundred dollar bill and they're still going to complain about it it's almost like this i mean trez is such a great kid he works his butt off and still there were people who were being negative yesterday about uh about some you know, talk uh, just the, the things that he said, even though he didn't really say anything inflammatory or anything. So anyway, uh, hey, I guess I, I'm walk, talking around in circles now. We love you, Trez, if you're listening or if you're listening to our replay or whatever and can't wait to talk to you when you make your decision what you're going to do. So there you go. Uh, again, uh, just yesterday uh, just was, was a bizarre day from start to finish. I mean, I, I mean, if we do our regular Tuesday, which we've done all season long and for it to blow up the way it did, it just, uh, it made yesterday just kind of surreal. So, uh, for all the, if we have new listeners, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. Uh, you are very welcome here. We're, uh, go grab you a, a cup of coffee or a warm, you know, glass of cider. I don't know. I don't know where I got that from. And, uh, and, and enjoy the show. We appreciate you uh, tuning in today, uh, however you are doing it. If you're listening to us live right now on 960 The Bull, 960thebull.com. If you're listening to the replay at 3 o'clock here on 960 or on 252 ESPN. Or if you listen to us, uh, as a lot of people have been doing on our SoundCloud feed, uh, thank you for listening. And, uh, hey, we, we love having you around. Okay. Uh, last night, Brandon came back. Uh, I had the really bad feeling, you know, we talked to Richard Clark yesterday from Carteret County news times, Carolina coast online.com. And, uh, he's our resident basketball expert. And we were really worried that Brandon might not come back the rest of the season. Well, by golly, he came back and played last night. <sighs> they still fell behind by 40 points to the LA Lakers, but he did get in the game and he was playing through that injury. He started the game. He had 22 points, six rebounds, six assists, two steals, and a blocked shot in a, a team high 38 minutes. However, uh, they lost last night to the LA Lakers. Uh, they are off the next couple of days. Uh, they will be at Houston Friday and Sunday. So uh, you'll get a chance to uh, watch Brandon and the Pelicans there. They're now in 12th place with that loss of 33 and 36. And uh, they've really, if they're going to make the playoffs, they're out of the playoff hunt right now. They're not even in the play-in game right now. So if they're going to try to get into that, they really do need to get stuff turned around there. Uh, Reggie and the Mavericks, who are in ninth place, they play at San Antonio today, and then they play at the Lakers Friday. That game will be on NBA TV. And they're in a little bit of trouble. They're in a, the play-in game round right now at 34 and 35. But again, uh, both our both our guys, Reggie and Brandon, uh, their teams are really struggling right now. And Dallas, in particular, well, both of them are. But Dallas missing uh, Luka Doncic and not even sure when he's going to be back. Uh, Kyrie didn't play in the last game. Reggie did and had a pretty good game. But I, I'd say tonight, if they have any thoughts of making the uh, postseason with only thirteen games left in the regular season. Playing today at one of the worst teams in the NBA in San Antonio, they really absolutely positively need to win that game today, uh, Reggie and the Mavericks do for sure. LCC Baseball, uh, they return to the field today. They host Boston or Bart, did it the same thing yesterday. They host Barton College's JV team at 2 o'clock today over at Lancer Field. Lenore Community College does. And then they host a three-game series at LCC this weekend that will be uh, against Bryant and Stratton out of Virginia. They play noon and well, they play two games on uh, Saturday starting at noon. Then they play a single game on Sunday. That also starts at noon. 
And if you can, get out there and let's support uh, these. Uh, our Lenore Community College Lancers, 14-7 and seven right now, playing some great baseball. Uh, hometown hero-wise, only one last night. Jerry Stackhouse and Vanderbilt. They improved to 21 and 14 last night. They defeated Yale in the first round of the NIT. Uh, they returned to action on Saturday at noon in the second round when they host Michigan. Uh, well, that should be a heck of a game. Michigan versus Vanderbilt. And that game is going to be on ESPN. And again, it starts at noon. So that's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, let's take it. I tell you what, before we look at last night's uh, scores, from around the area, let's uh, thank our good friends over at Lenore Community College. For almost 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenson at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton to find out how you can change your life today. Huge event taking place over at uh, Lenore Community College. Now, if you're listening to this on a replay, well, it's too late. It's already happened. But if you're listening to us live right now here at 717 on Wednesday, March 15th, and you're looking for a job, Today is your lucky day. Head over to Lenore Community College between 9 and 1 o'clock today. Uh, they're having their uh, annual job fair, and it is a humdinger. There are going to be more than 80 employers there uh, in the gym at Lenore Community College. And uh, go. you heard uh, Dawn Kantz yesterday, and you heard her advice. Go dress to impress, okay? Go out to LCC, and uh, if you are looking for a job, you are going to find a job today. I'm going to go ahead and speak it into existence, okay? Uh, take your resume with you. If you don't have a resume, they'll even help you put a resume together, and then you can talk to these employers. Again, 80 employers from all over eastern North Carolina are going to be in the uh, sportatorium over there on Bobby Dawson Court. So get out there and uh, get yourself a job today. And, again, that's one of the great things that Lenore Community College does in our community Thank you, thank you, thank you to Richie Honeycutt and Dr. Rusty Hunt, Don Kantz and uh, Jeannie Kennedy and Catherine Pearson and all our friends over at Lenore Community College. Thank you for everything you do for our community. And today's job fair is a big example of that. And again, if you're listening to this live right now uh, and you may already even have a job and you're like, you know what, I'd like to improve what I'm doing right now, go over to LCC and talk to the folks and uh, you can you can find yourself a, a new job today between nine and one, it's absolutely free. Doesn't cost you anything. And uh, again, go over there, dress to impress, and uh, find yourself a, a job today. Okay, uh, last night's uh, scores, all these scores I got from maxpreps.com. Paired Academy uh, continuing their great baseball season as they improved to six and one overall with an 11 to four win in Wilmington against Coastal Christian last night. Again, Paired Academy now six and one. Uh, and, uh, coastal Christian falls to two and two Parrot is next on the field Thursday in here in Kinston at four o'clock when they'll take on North Raleigh Christian. How about South and Orange Kinston? They played an intra County matchup last night and uh, the blue devils beat uh, the Vikings 23 to three last night in prep baseball. That was the first East central two, a game of the season for both teams. And South and Orange proves to three and two overall one and O in the conference. And Kinston is now zero and four. 
overall and 0-1 in the conference. Uh, North Pitt and Green Central played last night, too. Uh, the first uh, Eastern Plains 2A game of the season, and Green Central comes away with an impressive 8-0 win over the Panthers in Bethel last night. Uh, Green Central is now 3-3 three and three overall. They're 1-0 and in the EP2A, and North Pitt falls to 1-5, and 0-1. Aiden Grifton opened their season last night, their baseball season. They lost to, at West Craven and Vanceboro, though, 6-2. to uh, Aiden Grifton is now 4-3 and overall. They're 0-1 in the conference. And West Craven, though, improves to 4-1 and overall. They're now 1-0 and in the conference. There's only one game today. I like what the Eastern Plains uh, 2A is doing. They're doing uh, both – Every week, conference games, you're going to play the same opponent, whether it's uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Friday, or in the case of North Pitt and Green Central tonight, they played last night. They're playing tonight in Snow Hill. Uh, that game is at 7 o'clock. That's our only uh, high school baseball game in our area. Softball scores uh, from last night, only two. Or, in fact, only one because uh, the Bethel Christian game was not posted on Max Preps. But South Nord defeated Kinston last night 17 to nothing. Uh, that was the first uh, East Central 2A game for either team. Uh, the Blue Devils improved to 2-3 and three overall, 1-0 and oh in the uh, East Central, and Kinston falls to 0-4 oh overall, 0-1. Oh Only one game tonight in prep uh, softball, and that's going to be North Pitt visiting Green Central. Uh, girls soccer, uh, there were no games last night. We've got one tonight, though. North Lenore is 2-2-1. Two, two and one. They host uh, Southern Nash, who is 3-2. That game is at 6 o'clock over on Bullock Field in Wheat Swamp. So there you go. There's your uh, local sports update. Tell you what, we're getting ready to pull this interview up here with uh, Kip Kroger. Before we do that, though, I want to thank uh, Spence Automotive. I want to thank uh, Keith Spence and Spence Automotive. It's where I get my car service. It's where you should go to. Located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lots. Spence Automotive is owned by my good friend and everybody's good friend and local sports writing legend Keith Spence. It's open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and also sells great tires, too. Give Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011 the next time you need your car serviced or when you need new tires and tell him the Brian Hanks Show sent you. So, uh, just to, let's set up this interview again. Uh, Kip Kroger, uh, he's a co-producer on Ted Lasso. My favorite show that is on TV right now, and I know it's uh, a lot of your favorites too. He is from right here in Kenston. His dad used to be a doctor here in Kenston, Lenore County, and uh, Kip has just done amazing things. I mean, he has been a part of so many shows. We had a show with him. If you would like to hear our first interview, and that's when we really like broke down his biography and got to know Kip a lot. We didn't do that in this interview. Uh, we talked more about Ted Lasso. We talked about shrinking. We talked about uh, NC State. Greg Clemens, you're going to be very, very happy. I know you're ready for Wood Ducks Wednesday, and it's going to be here before we know it, but uh, you're going to love listening to Kip, who is a proud NC State alum, uh, bragging about uh, his team and all that, too. So, again, this interview was uh, conducted yesterday afternoon with uh, Kip Kroger uh, in Los Angeles, and uh, enjoy. And now joining us this morning on the Brian Hanks show, I did pre-warn you before we got started here, Kip, that uh, I'm going to do my best not to fanboy out on you and just be all giddy and be like, the, what was that Saturday Night Live uh, skit where they're like, hey, do you remember this? And hey, do you remember that? I'm going to do my best not to do that today. Okay, Kip? <laughs> 
Let it rip, man. Everybody's excited. It's, it's a fun time of year for us. There you go. It's Kip Kroger, Lenore County native. Kip Kroger joining us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. He is a co-producer. He's a producer on Ted Lasso, which was released earlier today. Uh, since today is Wednesday, it was early, uh, released earlier today. Uh, and involved with other stuff too. I mean, I, I know, you know, we had you on one time before we had you on about, uh, about 18 months or so ago. And we talked about scrubs at that time. Not really going to dive into that this time. If people want to hear about that, I'll, uh, I'll link to that previous interview. So folks can hear that because I got to tell you, Kip, I want to talk some Ted Lasso. Okay. Let's do it, man. I got to ask you, and it was already, we had you on before the second season dropped last time uh or the only time that we've had you here on the show like i said back in october of 2021 and you know we were waxing philosophical on you know just how great the response had been i gotta tell you kip it got even bigger during and after season two what has it been like for you with all the other stuff you do too and we are going to talk about some of your other work too kip but man ted lasso has just been it's a worldwide sensation isn't it well, that's why we wanted to extend the time. You know, we just build extra anticipation here these like, last few months. <laughs> Good. Well, has it surprised you at all? And again, someone in your position that has been involved with hit series before, like Scrubs and other series, it just seems like to me, though, I don't know what it is, but, well, I do know what it is. It's so heartfelt, and the writing is so good, and the characters are so well uh, well written and all that. But what what do you think the the secret to the success of Tad Lasso has been? You know, man, uh, it's it's so funny. It, one of the things we talked about a bunch lately, because I think as everyone gets a little sentimental as we're as we're coming out with the third season here, and we're reflecting back on the last couple of years, and last couple of seasons. You know, this show came out at a time what, that felt kind of dark for everybody. I mean, geez, we were all in the middle of the pandemic and. Nobody knew which way was up. And to be honest, a lot of the comedy that was kind of, you know, hitting was darker, edgier comedy. And that was kind of the wave. And this was kind of against the grain. It was a little bit of like a warm blanket. But it was all, it's all in the same sort of ethos that, um, that Bill Lawrence's shows, you know, have always kind of had. You know, it's the same thing that Scrubs always had, where, you know, you'd have goofy, quirky, broad comedy that would pivot suddenly into, um, you know, heartfelt drama on a dime. And, uh, you know, and Ted Lasso started as very broad, goofy sketches, um, you know, for, mar- for marketing for the Premier League stuff. And they went back and wrote some really heartfelt characters and mapped out of, you know, a compelling story. And, and then we just get lucky, you know, so much of this stuff is lightning in a bottle. I mean, to get a group of writers and a cast like we've got and to be able to have it all come together is, is just a, it's a fun thing to be a part of. And it's a fun thing for us to watch because, you know, it, it feels relatable. I think that's the big thing. You know, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel forced and it's a lot of seeing the good in people. It's a lot of, you know, of, of kind of giving people a chance uh, that you wouldn't expect to get a chance. And, and so it's, it's a lot of those kind of vibes that I think everybody kind of, you know, it's what we all want to project out there for ourselves a lot of times. And voice you're listening to is Kip Kroger, Lenore County native. Uh, that is a producer for Ted Lasso and for other uh, series. We're going to get to some of those, like I said, here in a little bit. But I, 
just the acting, and I've always been, don't get it twisted, I've always been a Jason Sudeikis fan from the first time I ever saw him on Saturday Night Live through uh, all the movies he's been in and all that, Kip. But I cannot imagine, you know, sometimes you can take a character from something and you could think, you know what, you could recast this person to be in that spot and he would be as good or maybe as good. I can't imagine, Kip, and I mean this sincerely, having anybody else in this world other than Jason Sudeikis in that role as Ted Lasso. What about you? No, no, me neither. And, you know, one of the things, I think even Jason said it in an interview, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of, I mean, there's a lot of himself in Ted Lasso, and there's a little bit of, you know, this is the version of myself I wish, you know, sometimes it's a little bit of this is the version I wish I could be all the time. You know, Ted keeps, a, Ted, Ted stays pretty calm. Ted sees the best in people. Ted brings out the best in people around him by, you know, by encouraging everybody and you know i think that's a, there's a little bit of i don't know if it's what wish fulfillment but it, it's a little bit of idealism um that you know we all you, you hope you can you know, aspire to kind of thing you know i think and i think i think jason's taken a bit of the character back in his own life i think you know he's, he's talked about you know the idea that this 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 character you know we all try and embody a little more of that in our lives you know, I remember asking you last time about the, the stars of Scrubs and you telling us what, uh, what great guys they were. It's almost the same situation with uh, Jason Sudeikis on this. I mean, is he you, – you sort of alluded to it a little bit there, Kip, but is he a lot of the same guy not in front of the camera as he is in front of the camera? Oh, yeah. And, you know, man, it's so cool. Like, you know, he, he – this third season, you know, because of the nature of um, a lot of the other business that uh, the Bills had going – Jason has really kind of been driving this much more on his own and become much more the sole showrunner and in a lot of ways. And he, um, you know, he's so thoughtful and so intentional with, with all of the details. You know, there's a, there are a million teeny tiny details that a lot, you know, to our, much to, to our, um, you know, pleasant surprise, a lot of the fans pick up on they're not, they're not happenstance. You know, he intentionally plants these seeds and drops these little breadcrumbs and, you know, just waits for people to to catch them. And uh, it's really fun. It's it's a fun, fun process to kind of go through. You know, one of the things, and there's a lot of people maybe listening to this. Now I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I I sort of understand, but there may be folks that don't understand exactly what a showrunner does. I, I, you hear that title. What, what is, what is sort of the official unofficial duties that a a showrunner does in Los Angeles or in Hollywood? The, The headline is that all creative questions end up going to him. Okay. So at the end of the day, you know, the showrunner is the head writer. And then also is the one that's working with all the directors to make sure they're shooting everything correctly. They go through post and they do the edit. And, you know, he was on set for every single bit of everything this year. He was rewriting stuff the night before, the during the shooting. Um, just every single detail. Nothing, nothing got by without, you know, him putting his fingers on it. Um, and you can feel that. It, it's all... Like I said, one of the things that he, that I think has been very important to him all the way through is that, you know, these, these characters are very specific and all the details that come together sort of help flesh that out and add to the story. And whether it's, you know, whether there's a song that plays that's a callback that, you know, people may catch 
or an illusion in a line or whatever it may be. Uh, it's, it's very rarely something that just happened, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. That voice you listen to, Kip Kroger, uh, producer of uh, Ted Lasso, joining us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. And uh, I know our time is limited, so I'm trying to get in these big questions. And just the 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 way the show ended last year with uh, the with uh, oh my gosh, I'm blitzing on his name now. The the guy that's kind of turned. Uh, yeah, Nate, Nate went dark at the end of the year. Thank you. I don't remember a series, and I like I said, I, I, I watch a lot of TV. I don't remember a series that in just two years has gone from someone who was as, I wouldn't say that he was ever a lighthearted character, but, I mean, he, he was, he, he yanked at your heart a little bit. You, you really liked him, but for him to go that dark at the end of it, and even seeing the commercials and the previews for this year, it looks like, I mean, he's very natally dressed. He looks sharp. But, man, he looks like he has turned heel. Have you ever, in all your years of working on different series, seen someone go from being one of the good guys, and like I said, one of the guys that yanks at your heartstrings, to becoming the heel, to becoming the bad guy, Kip? No, not, not, this, not this drastic of a swing. Um, and to, the, to, to their credit, to Bill and Jason and Joe and Brendan, you know, the other guys that, that created this with them, you know, a lot of this stuff was mapped out um, from the beginning. But he, and it's one of the funniest parts for me has been watching. If you ever notice the actor Nick Muhammad, he has largely stayed off of social media. Uh, a lot of the other cast get very active, you know, on Twitter and Instagram and posting things and interacting with fans. Nick has has really sort of shied away from it, and I think it's largely due to his character arc and kind of knowing how things are, where it's all heading, and what's going on, um, and <laughs> anticipating the. <laughs> a very powerful reaction that people have had to him. Well, and like, it just, I can't, I can't wait for that part of it. I think that's going to be pretty impressive. But like I said, just the way you guys teased us in the cliffhanger there at the very end of season two with, you know, him being hired as uh, the new manager of, uh, I guess it's West Ham and, or, or a manager or a coach on West Ham. And I just, this is the part, okay, fanboy time here, if it's all right, Kip. I just, for Rupert, which is Rebecca's nemesis as well. So there, you've got, there you go. So it's, it's, it's as dark as it could go. <laughs> Two bad guys in the same place. You're right. It, it absolutely is dark as it can go. But but here's what I don't understand. Okay, fanboy time. I'm just going to talk as a fan here, Kip. They were so good to him. Ted Lasso gave him an opportunity, put him on the coaching staff, and again, and groomed him and did such a good job. I just, it hurts my heart. And yes, I know it's a TV show, and you're probably sitting there rolling your eyes going, come on, Hanks, don't take this so seriously. But they took such good care of him, and really, I never could have, I can't understand why he's turned the way he is other than that is actually what happens in real life, right? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, he said it in his, uh, you know, at the end of season two, you know, it was, he felt forgotten. You know, he felt overlooked. The, 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 at the addition of Roy to the coaching staff, all of a sudden it went, you know, it went from, you know, Nate, I mean, it went from uh, Ted and Beard and adding Nate, this sort of wonder kid, to now you got Roy Kent on the staff, so he felt like the odd man out, even though that was never how anybody looked at him. Um, and it's, it's, it really is. I think it's, it's how real life works. You know, people's perceptions of situations um, aren't always, you know, our, our own perspective of our own existence a lot of times is not aligned with how anybody else sees us. 
um, whether it's imposter syndrome or anything else. It's, uh, I, so I think it's, I think it's a very real, real feeling kind of that kind of deal. Well, again, just how amazing this show is. It just the the character development in just two seasons has been amazing, and it even extends to. And I know we should be talking about Ted Lasso himself, but even to Keeley and her relationships with uh, Jamie Tart and Roy Kent and all that. I mean, dude, I, I'm excited to see where that's going to go this year. Yeah, this, this, yeah, the, one of the cool things with this season is I do think we go, uh, we we take the time to expand a lot of these storylines. Well, and again, I'm, I'm not expecting, I would be mad if you broke anything for us right now. So I don't want to know. I can't wait to sit in front of my TV and watch these. And like I said, I told you before we started, Linda and I even went back and watched uh, season two again. We had to get it all in before the release of this. We're so excited about it. I tell you what, we'll circle back to this in just a moment. But I did tell you before we started talking to uh, Jonathan Massey, who is a uh, co-host of this show. He was telling me about a show, and I and I apologize to you when we talked about it before. I'm going to now, Kip, about this show called Shrinking, and he is a huge fan of it, and he's addicted to it. And he was asking our group, you know, in our group message, has anybody seen it? He's just raving about it. Tell us, and I, and I got to admit, I haven't watched it yet, but I promise you I'm going to. I'll have it all soaked in before we talk next time, Kip. But tell us a little bit about Shrinking. <laughs> Hanks, I told you, one of the coolest things, man, for me, selfishly, is you caught me on one of the weeks I've been looking forward to for a while. Um, you know, right now, Shrinking has uh, aired eight of its ten episodes, and so these next two weeks, the first two weeks of Ted, are the last two weeks of Shrinking's first season. And uh, it's, uh, you know, look, it's another show that was co-created by Bill Lawrence, the same guy that did Scrubs and co-created Ted Lasso. Um, it's also co-created by Brett Goldstein, who you might know as Roy Kent. Oh, Wow. And uh, they co-created this show. It's about a therapist played by Jason Siegel, who is going through some dark stuff. He, his, uh, his wife died about a year ago, and he has bottomed out and is trying to find his way back. And he's a therapist, and he kind of gets into it by kind of go, taking, his, taking a new look at how he's approaching, um, his, you know, giving therapy to his patients. Uh, you know, it, by the way, as you can tell, it's a typical comedic premise, right? It sounds hilarious on the surface. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes. Jason Siegel plays the, the lead. Uh, Harrison Ford plays his the, the sort of patriarch of their therapy practice. And they're, they're uh, joined by Jessica Williams, who was on The Daily Show and been in the Fantastic Beasts franchise, uh, who's hysterical. Um, and uh, it's, it's an amazing cast. It is, uh, you know, it's got a lot of the same sort of ethos of um you know there's like brett uh, and jason and bill have all talked about you know one of the reasons people ask you know how do you how do you do comedy in such a dark sort of space and brett pointed out that you know if you've lived through some dark times you realize that comedy sometimes is, is, is the realest thing because it's the only way you can cope with some of this stuff and um and that's it, you know look we had a, a huge amount of fun making the show it was a huge pinch me moment getting to work with Harrison Ford for months um we had a lot of fun doing it and uh you know I'm excited for you to check it out man it's, it's a uh it's, it's it's a first season show you never know what people are gonna you know how people are gonna react to it but we had a lot of fun putting it together and I believe I saw the good news too and I think Jonathan shared this with us too is that it's been picked up for a second season correct 
It has. Our writers are already working. We're uh, we're hoping to get back to it before long. That is so awesome. That voice again, Kip Kroger, joining us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. Ted Lasso, we're all so pumped for it. I cannot wait. But I got to ask you this. I saw that you won, uh, or I believe you received an award from your alma mater at NC State. I've got a picture, actually, that I'm going to be using with this uh, edition or this hour of the Brian Hanks Show that we're going to post all over the place on SoundCloud of you doing the little wolfie sign. You are a proud wolf packer, aren't you? You got it, man. It was, uh, it was one of my favorite little bits getting to sneak uh, the Jimmy V poster into the pilot. <laughs> I know. And somebody put something about the Easter eggs of uh, NC State stuff. I'm sure uh, you're going to, uh, it, it, if you're able to, well, there'll be some more of those in uh, Lasso, maybe even other productions, right? Always always put them in when we get a chance. You know, the, one of the, cool, the coolest thing about getting to do that in the pilot of Ted Lasso is it was the perfect fit. And the, you know a lot of those things you, you can't force it, um, but that was that was the right the right spot the right moment. And Jimmy V was such a uh, perfect um, you know fit for Ted's sort of um, you know approach to the world. So it was that was fun. I have to ask you. I mean, us being a, a sports show first, and then a personality show after that. You uh, you've got to be proud of your Wolfpack this year. I mean, they really put it together. Uh, they're in the NCAA tournament for the first time in six years. Uh, will you be plopped in front of your TV watching State take on Creighton this week? Got to do it, man. They got to go. Got to go. Go for the pack. They're uh, gotten to the dance. It was a, we were on the edge of our seats there for a minute, but uh, <laughs> they pulled it off and they're in it and they're going to go for it. And last time we came in at eleven, I think we want to got a. I think we got two wins. Yep. We got in a little bit, so uh, I'm. I'm it's a strong team. This is a bunch of, uh, you know, a lot of great energy from these young guys. It's going to be fun to watch. I promise I'm not trying to be cruel when I say this, Kip, but I say it with all sincerity and kindness. Hey, at least you don't have to face Clemson anymore this year, okay? <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, man, that was, that was a rough day. I just don't get it. I mean, you guys beat Duke. You guys beat uh, Miami, who finished first. And you lost to Clemson three times, all times blowout fashion. I saw that I was at the, I covered the ACC tournament last week and couldn't believe it. I just, I don't know if it was a Clemson orange or whatever it is, but state just couldn't do anything with Clemson this year, Kip. I, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe these guys are afraid of Tiger. You never know. <laughs> there you go. Well, listen, let's wrap this up here. Uh, I cannot begin to tell you how much I appreciate you. When's the next time you're going to be home? Any idea? I mean, I know you've got so many irons in the fire out West and I should let everybody know you're joining us from California right now here on the Spence automotive guest line. Uh, but, uh, when, when the next time you think you'll be home in this neck of the woods? Not soon enough, man. I, I'd love to get back. You know, I got back in November for that thing in NC State, and that was a real treat. So I got to bring the whole family back and see my family. Uh, I actually just dropped my parents to the airport not too long ago, so at least I got to see them. But, um, you know, hopefully we'll get back uh, sometime later this year. Right now, we're hoping to be shooting all summer, so it makes it a little tougher to get back. But uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to link up when it happens, you know. Well, I tell you what, you let me know, please. And I mean, this is, I'm saying this on the air here. You let me know, you message me and dude, we're going to King's restaurant. Okay. Uh, that's <laughs> bad, man. I love the King barbecue. There it's you go. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. Listen, Kev Kroger, uh, Ted Lasso released today on Apple TV on Apple plus TV. Uh, I I'll have them all consumed before the weekend. I can go ahead and promise you that. Okay. 
Well, no, what am I saying? No, they're the release one at a time. I'm sorry. I'll have today's episode, and then uh, I'll probably have to go back and watch a couple others. But I tell you what, I think I'll probably I'll throw some shrinking in there. Okay. That's, it's, always, it's a nice way to sprinkle in there to, to pass the time on your on your way <laughs> Very good. Listen, Kip, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for sharing some of your valuable time with us. We do appreciate it. Okay. Hey, thanks so much for having me, man. It's a pleasure. And there you go. That wraps up our interview we did yesterday with Kip Kroger. And on our Spence Automotive guest line right now, I was hoping he was going to be sitting across from me, but things happen. It's the great Jonathan Massey, co-host here of the Brian Hanks Show. How are you doing this morning, dude? I'm doing great, Brian. You know, you're a lucky man having the most successful people out of Eastern North Carolina on your show back to back. And on top of that, I'm going to have Jason Bryant live in here in about 20 minutes. So, man, I, it just this is the winner's edition of the Brian Hanks show. Yeah, that just means you have two of the top, or three of the top five to 600. <laughs> there you go, man. Uh, let's just jump right into that, dude. And I know you said in our group message last night that uh, you were not, you watched it. The, they actually dropped it early yesterday. That's one of the things that uh, Kip had told me that there was a possibility that, you know, it's supposed to be, and I'm doing air quotes here, officially released today, uh, the first episode of Ted Lasso Season 3. Uh, and, and dude, I just, I can't wait, man. Just, and you said in our group message, you're not going to say anything about it. You can't say anything about it, but just, uh, one to 10, one being awful and 10 being just absolutely awesome. Where does this episode, uh, where does this episode rank for you? I'll be honest, Brian, I don't want to give you a number because I don't want to influence your perception of okay. it before you watch it. Okay. Did you like it though? Can you tell me that? Or you don't even want to do that? I, I haven't. I've never not liked an episode of Ted Lasso. So I've liked every episode. So yes, in short, I liked it. And that that's about as far as I want to go. <laughs> Dude, I respect because, hey, because hey, I, want, I respect it. Now here's I want what, a genuine Brian Hanks reaction from it. Well, you're definitely going to get that. Now here's going to be the hard thing, okay? Because, you know, as we're doing this show live right now, it's 745 and uh you know i get off the air at nine i've got to do a hit with mark panicelli at nine fifteen this morning that usually goes about 45 minutes 50 minutes so i'm not even going to be out outside of my desk until probably 10 10 30 because i've got to post the show everywhere and all that kind of stuff how much trouble and i don't know if linda's listening right now but how much trouble do you think i would get in if i watched it by myself around noon today without her um you know if you can figure out a way clear from your pew so she doesn't know you watched it <laughs> and you didn't say what you just said i don't think you get any trouble i've never done that before but I, would it be one thing maybe i watch it earlier than her but then i act like that i didn't see it when i when i quote unquote watch it with her for the first time yeah i think you can swing it honestly i do it all the time and uh, you know, i get caught and you know is that, that's they, like the new that's like the new form of cheating isn't it you know i mean especially if you've got a series like that and that's been a linda and i series ted lasso has been i mean we w religiously watched every one of them we you know we watch them together and in the interest of full disclosure i've never watched one without her okay i mean and that's actually the, that's the truth uh now has maris ever watched one without you uh well she tries uh, she gets hold of that remote, and she's in the back seat right now. I so can hear here. her. I can hear her. She's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, oh, she hasn't. She hasn't gone full squeak mode yet. 
<laughs> but I uh, know she she tries to lock it, but she can't quite uh, get to the right tab on the TV. I love it, man. Uh, tell, can, can she hear us? Am I on speaker? No, nah, you're 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 pumping through my hearing aid. That's all right. That's all right. Well, you got to give her a big hug from uh, Grandpa Brian when you uh, when you drop her off wherever you're dropping her off at. Okay. Uh, uh, the uh, orphanage. <laughs> the orphan. Oh my God, dude, that was dark. We went dark real soon. Listen, I, I do want to talk a little Ted Lasso. I want to talk. I, the main reason we have you on those to talk some Carolina Panthers because we've really not delved into it. But in our message, you were telling us about this show called Shrinking, and you just heard Kip talking about it, uh, dude. And that's a show that you you're really into. Yeah, I, I have. I, I got somebody to watch Ted Lasso this past weekend, and I both seasons, and she loves it, of course. And then we started shrinking, and I, I like shrinking. Now it's 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 of a similar feel to Ted Lasso. It's a little darker, I think, and I think Kip would probably tell you that. But it's it's a good. Now you know you would know Jason Siegel from How I Met Your Mother or Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, it's a completely different character from what he was before, and and those in uh, How I Met Your Mother. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Harrison Ford, uh, not in my opinion, not known for playing the endearing character, but he, I think he's doing a pretty good job of doing that in his own way. Kristen Miller, uh, that you remember as Jordan from Scrubs, uh, Doctor Cox's wife. Oh he's, he's yeah! Oh yeah! Oh sorry. Yeah, yeah somebody put a towel down. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it shows really well cast, and it's. It, it's got levels. It's, it's very complex, but easy to follow. Um, it adds humor in, a, in some very dark ways. But so far, I I have nothing but good things to say about it. Well, is it a is it a sitcom? Is it a drama? What what it? What, how would you classify it? Uh, dark comedy, I think, would be the best way to put it. Okay. It's uh, I, I don't know if you talked to Kip about it at all, but uh. I, I, I wasn't able to get that interview because I had a almost two year old uh, <laughs> speaking in tongues. But um, it it's kind of a dark comedy. Uh, you know, Jason Segel's going through a tough patch. Uh, I think he loses his wife in the car accident about a year before the show starts. Completely neglected his duty to the father. Uh, have to is trying to get back a, a good relationship with his teenage daughter. And while balancing work as a, as a psychiatrist, and he just starts telling people exactly what everybody else is thinking. Uh, I think at one point, this woman's complaining about her husband, how he's emotionally abusive, and he, he's convinced her that she doesn't deserve any better. And he's like, leave him. Leave him and go live with your sister in Vancouver. <laughs> Dude, that's Which awesome. a therapist would never say. Well, I, and it's on Apple TV too, right? Yep, it is. Well, I love it. I think that's what uh, Linda and I, we're, we're going to, uh, we'll watch uh, Ted Lasso, wink, wink, blink, blink, uh, together tonight for the first time, wink, wink. And then uh, maybe that's what we'll do is try to knock out uh, shrinking over the next few days. That sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. But listen, uh, that's not why we have you here on the phone this morning. People are going to be able to hear you doing the birthday game later on in, in our second hour. But uh, one of the things we've kind of neglected a little bit with, uh, 
uh, with the ACC tournament last week and the NCAA tournament this week, and then uh, everything that happened with Dontrez yesterday on uh, on in our second hour, really haven't given this trade uh, between the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers really any kind of run. Jonathan and you being the biggest Panthers fan that I know, I know your, your love has dropped off a little bit, but Hey, uh, you still, you have their logo on your arm and ink on your arm. So, I mean, you, you're, you're a pretty big, uh, Panthers fan. I just wanted to get your impression. I mean, uh, trading all those picks, we won't break it all the way down because true sports fans know what it was, but I wanted to get your impression as a Panthers fan. And uh, we'll get Jason's when he gets in here. He's a pretty big Panthers fan too. But primarily from you, wanted to what? Did, what did you think about that trade? Did Carolina give up too much? Not enough? Just want kind of wanted to get your feelings on that. Yeah, I mean, trading up from nine to one, I think they gave up about what what anybody would have had to, to trade up. Um, I think the going rate for that pick is about three first round picks. Um, if you can equate a second round. And our two second rounds, DJ Moore to a first round pick, which may be a little bit of an overpay, is fine. And she apparently has some opinions too. Um, but I, the, the kicker for me is going to be the 24 first. Uh, it's it, it's going to hurt not having that, especially if the team produces poorly next year or this coming season. Um, because you have guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. coming out who's going to be. Uh, by all accounts, one of, the, one of the one of the more elite prospects to enter the NFL draft in, in a long time. Um, I, I feel like he's going to be of the Justin Jefferson ilk. He's just a very well-rounded, polished receiver who, honestly, at this point after his sophomore season, is more than ready to play in the NFL. But of course, he got to play another year in college. Well, here's what bothered me the most about it. And bear in mind, I'm telling Jason's here with us. Say, say hello, Jason. Hey, Jonathan. How are you? Doing well. How are you? Good. <laughs> but uh, the thing that bothered me the most, and I'm talking to two of the biggest Panthers fans that I know right now, including, do you hear Maris there in the background? I do. She sounds sweet. <laughs> she, can you believe she came from Jonathan? <laughs> Buddy, just wait. <laughs> Buddy, just wait. Anyway, here's what bothered me the most about it, uh, Jonathan and Jason. And, Jonathan, you, you respond first to this is that, I don't particularly consider this quarterback crop here in 2023 as one of the best. I mean, if you're going to do something like this, make sure, I mean, when you're sacrificing your future, I just don't see Bryce Young being that end-all, be-all quarterback that's going to be your your stud quarterback, or even C.J. Stroud being that guy, Jonathan. I mean, and if you're going to go this crazy and you're going to go all in the way they obviously have, why not wait until next year when there maybe is a better quarterback in that class, or maybe I don't know. It just that's the part that bothered me the most, Jonathan. Um, well, honestly, Brian, I, I, I do disagree with you there. I think there is one quarterback in next year's class that that actually does supersede these guys, but the other guys like Drake May, I just don't see them as being productive NFL quarterbacks. I could be wrong. Um, actually, Bryce Young is, uh, is who I project as the third best quarterback in this class. Wow. I, yeah, I mean, look at Kyle, what Kyler Murray's done in the NFL. He's been okay, but injury prone. And Bryce Young is even smaller than Kyler Murray. Um, he, he got hurt a couple of times last year. Every time he got outside of the pocket and was tackled behind the line of scrimmage, it seemed to be an injury issue with him. C.J. Stroud has the highest floor, but the only one that has more of a static ceiling. I think I think 
if you had to start a a game tomorrow, you would want C.J. Stroud because he's going to be the one that's prepared. I've heard that in college, he went up to Ryan Day, the coach of Ohio State, and wanted to give him plays to learn so he can kind of play the ball in a scrimmage, which a lot of guys aren't doing in college. Um, with that said, I think the highest upside quarterback in this class is Anthony Richardson out of Florida. Only had one year of production under himself, but uh, he can make all the throws, albeit a little inconsistently. Um, he's a really raw quarterback talent, but he's 6'4", weighs in at 240, and runs a 4'4", 340. Um, and has a absolute cannon of an arm and has shown flashes of being uh, of having just elite arm down. Um, that being said, the Panthers could trade back and still get a shot at Anthony Richardson. But if they stay at one, I think they go CJ Stroud. Jonathan, I understand how the NFL works and the need for a generational quarterback, which is a term that's used all over the national media. So I, I get that point. But where I am with the Panthers is, I mean, you could take Patrick Mahomes and he would make the Panthers better, but it still doesn't solve the problem, in my opinion. And my opinion is we need five offensive linemen that can keep a quarterback upright, give him that extra second to go through more than just his primary read and get the ball downfield. The Panthers don't have time to throw the ball down the field, and that's why, in my opinion, we're not successful with a Sam Darnold. Now, I know Sam Darnold's not a great quarterback, but, I mean, don't you think that it's easier to fix the offensive line problems than it is to to trade away picks and go get a quarterback? Because without the offensive line, the quarterback's not going to make that much difference. Well, you can make the argument, but there are two. You would never take a guard that high. And right now, center and guard would be the biggest concern for the Panthers. There's no tackles worth taking. Um, and the top ten. Now, that's not to say one won't be taken, um, but I just don't see a, a talent there that's worth taking. That being said, the Panthers only allowed 17 sacks last year, which was in the top half of the league um, as far as sacks allowed. Most teams were over 20, some were well over 20. Um, so the Panthers' offensive line issues are more of a perceived issue from us as fans. We look at it and we're like, these guys don't have any time. When in reality is, oh, okay, you there, Jonathan? You can you can probably name more defensive ends and defensive tackles in the NFL than you can offensive linemen, and that's mostly because there there are a lot of elite talents between the Watt brothers, the Bosa brothers, Miles Garrett, Aaron Donald, uh, Michael Parsons. Along with guys like Khalil, I mean, not Khalil Mack, yeah, Khalil Mack, uh, Von Miller, some of the more seasoned guys, you're just looking at, at elite generational talent across pretty much every uh, defensive line in the NFL right now. Um, so the Panthers' problem is actually more of their skill positions. They, the running backs are, you know, backups on any other team. The wide receivers, backups on any other team. Tight ends, not on any other team, probably. I understand the fact of not giving up as many sacks and in your sack number, but my point is we didn't throw the ball down the field. 
and you can't stretch defenses unless you can throw the ball down the field. And I would argue that that takes more time in the pocket, and the quarterbacks either the coaching staff didn't trust them and they do the dink and doink all the way down the field, the five-yard and out patterns, but there was nothing 15, 20 yards down the field. The times that we did it, we looked really good and we were able to soften up the defense, but other than that, I mean, it was non-existent and it's been that way well, since rules been there anyway. I tell you what, before you answer that there, Jonathan, before you respond, we're at the end of our first hour. So uh, think about how much longer do we have you, Jonathan? Uh, as long as you need me. Okay, we'll probably we'll probably do another ten minutes of this, and uh, we'll, we'll do that we'll do it that way. But listen, thank you so much for listening to the first hour of the Brian Hank Show today. Coming up, second hour, we're going to continue talking to Jonathan Massey to Jason Bryant here on the Brian Hank Show, presented by Lenore Community College.